and welcome to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where you get to hear from the pastors a little more about what the upcoming preaching text is, uh, and just uh, what's going on with life here at Easter. It's really good to be with you. Hi, I'm Pastor Megan Torgerson, and I'm here with... Pastor Jay Carlson. And Pastor Jen Hackbarth. Yes! Oh, it's good to be together again. Uh, friends, we are changing our uh, sermon series. Uh, We have been in a series that is called Who We Are. We're talking about our identity from stories from Genesis, and now we're doing something completely different, and I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, Our new sermon series for the next four weeks is called All Things New, and that comes from Revelation 21. Um, And in Revelation 21, uh, verse 5 in particular, this is toward the end of that book, where God is proclaiming that that, that God renews all things, that we're standing in the midst of the new heaven and the new earth, and, and that even after death and destruction, there is new life. So this beautiful uh, word of promise uh, at that time to churches that were truly struggling. So that's our theme verse, just overall for, for generosity season here at Easter. Um, but for this Sunday, we're, we're focusing in on one text. Each Sunday we'll have a, a different text like you're used to. So we're kind of reflecting on these texts in light of the wider theme of generosity uh, for this season at Easter. So folks, I do hope that you uh, have been checking your mail and that you're keeping an eye on that. We're, we're going to send some information out to you by mail and by email. We'll have some handouts for you at worship if you worship with us on site. Uh, just lots of ways for you to connect with the wonderful ministry going on here at Easter and the ways that you can be a part of that. Um, so as we think about those sorts of themes, let's let's talk about our text For today, we are reading from the book of 1 Corinthians, a beautiful letter from Paul, uh, and we're looking at chapter 16. Yes, here is the reading, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. Now concerning the collection for the saints, you should follow the directions I gave to the churches of Galatia. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside and save whatever extra you earn, so that collections need not be taken when I come. And when I arrive, I will send any whom you approve with letters to take your gift to Jerusalem. So that feels out of context, right? (laughs) For a couple of reasons. Um, First of all, so as as folks, you might remember, an epistle, uh, one of the New Testament readings, um, an epistle is a letter. We are basically peeking into someone else's mail. And in this case, we're peeking into the mail of the Apostle Paul, who has been uh, touring and sharing the good news, um, planting churches as he goes, and often writes back to places, uh, letters of concern, letters of encouragement, letters of direction. And so this is his letter uh, to the people of Corinth. It's listed as the uh, first letter to the Corinthians. There's some indication that there might have been one earlier. There's a second letter to the Corinthians as well. Um, so Paul, Paul wrote down a lot to this church, and it was a church dealing with some, some struggle and some, um, some division within their church, uh, but a church that was, was very dear to him and a people that were really dear to him. So he's trying to write to them to encourage and guide them. What you just heard comes from almost the end of the letter. So this is, this is chapter 16, which I, I think is the last chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. Um, so this is his last little, like, own, by the way. 
Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. This is right before he gets into his travel plans. And oh, he says, sure. I'm going to be visiting you after I go through Macedonia. So, yeah, some, it's kind of wrapping up here. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But and then, what does he say? I mean, I love that his, his advice is so specific when it comes to, in his words, the collection for the saints, which is to say, your financial mm-hmm. giving to support the work of the wider church. Um, he says, okay, I know I gave somebody else this direction, right? I gave this direction to the churches in Galatia. Um, and Paul was saying, you know, set something aside every week so that when I get back to you to get that collection, uh, you don't have to go, oh, shoot, I don't, I don't have anything. You can say, oh, I've been setting something aside a little bit every week. Here is everything I have to share. Um, Pastor Jen, what's Paul telling us? <laughs> Well, this letter was meant to be read out loud. So the people of the church in Corinth were listening to it and and getting Paul's guidance and direction. And he's almost like a pastor here, mm. giving them really practical ideas about how to live out their faith and how to be a church together. And part of being a church together is being financially generous and generous with your time, with whatever you can give to the church because all of that makes your faith grow and it makes the church better. And so, yeah, I, I think these are really great words of advice from Paul. Mm-hmm. And he's recommending make a plan for your giving mm-hmm. rather than just we'll take a collection when we get there and see what we come up with. There's a plan. Uh, there's some intentional giving that is done. And, and I think that's important for us, too, in our giving, whether to church or to other organizations, to make a plan. How are you going to be generous? How will you put your generosity into practice? Right. I I think um, one conversation we have in my household a lot, for instance, is if we were to win the lottery, what would we do with that money? And at first it's little things like, oh, get ourselves a new car and, you know, fix up the roof and just that kind of stuff. And then we start dreaming about the ways we would give the money away. You know, what what organizations and places do we care about that we'd give the money away? And then we always back up a step and say, well, but couldn't we be doing that now? I mean, not on the level of millions of dollars for sure, but how could we plan and structure our finances in a way that supports those those people and places and things that are doing work that we value now mm-hmm. on any level, at any mm-hmm. scale? Yeah. It's It's always possible. I think that's always a fun part of premarital counseling when I've done it, to talk about money a little bit, to talk about uh, what, what you know, if you were to put together a budget and you were to talk about giving, where would you want to give and why? And it's exciting for couples to talk about that because it, it points to their values. You give to what's most important to you. And also the other way around, too, when you give to something, you become more invested in it mm-hmm. as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the jokes I make that isn't really a joke, it, it's, it, it keeps me accountable, is to say, you know, if you were to look at your calendar, and well, I used to say checkbook, but people don't really balance their checkbooks anymore, so I'll say bank account or credit card statement maybe. If you were to look at your calendar and your credit card statement, um, would, would somebody have a sense of what you value, of what's important to you? Mm-hmm. And, and in some ways, yeah, right? You know, you'll see payments to my kids' uh, you know, cafeteria money at school. Oh, I care about my kids. And uh, gas money. Oh, yeah, it matters that I can get to work and that I can um, run errands and take care of my family. Um, but how else does it reflect what I what I believe, what I care about, what I really value? So the way that I spend my money and the way that I spend my time isn't um, 
it isn't incidental, it's a choice. And mm-hmm. so to be intentional about that choice as opposed to accidental uh, really makes much more sense to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned the checkbooks, I was just thinking about a story a friend of mine told me that she, growing up, every Saturday night, she would see her parents sitting at the table writing out checks for their church, putting them in the envelopes, um, and and so it was a witness to her mm-hmm. about giving to the church how important that was to her parents. It's something they did. Uh, but now uh, my kids haven't seen me write a check to the church. It's all done automatically, which right. is a good thing. I'm glad for that. It helps, you know, keep every, you know our giving to to the church is done uh, without us having really to think about it. But there's something lost, I guess, in that we don't actually write out that check and my kids don't see me doing that but it's interesting it's a very similar story to what I remember I remember being a kid and on Sunday morning my dad would have a suit and tie on he'd be ready to go to church but before we left he'd sit down get out his giving envelope write his check put it in his you know suit coat pocket Mm -hmm. we'd head to church and I remember seeing that so I knew my family valued that financial participation in the life of the church. But my husband and I have made the decision that when we when we make our financial commitment, when we sit down and say, okay, here's how much we're giving this year, um, we have, we've been able to, to increase our giving every year for which we're, we're really grateful. And it's really, it's kind of a fun little challenge for us in our own family. So we make that plan and then we immediately say, and automatic withdrawal. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, yeah. we set it up because I know myself well enough to know that I would unlike my father, forget to write the check every week. Like I know I would. And so now my kids, you're right, Jay, we don't, they don't, they don't see that. So now I, I, I have to figure out another way. How will I teach my kids? How will I show them? How will I live out to them mm-hmm. that this commitment means something in yeah. our family? I watched my mom do that in church too take out her checkbook on Sundays and write mm-hmm. and I remember how much the checks were I'm yeah. not going to tell you but <laughs> what? you know I know exactly how much she paid every yeah. week and it was the same amount the every 80s. week yeah. yeah I mean I'm sure it changed over the years but right. yeah. I have a number in my head of, right. it, it made an impression on me yeah to know that that was important to my parents so yeah and they had a plan obviously a plan. there was a certain amount every week yeah. and the, I mean that's exactly what what Paul is speaking to here like so, I mean, he, what he's telling the church in Corinth is that the church in Jerusalem is struggling. It's, it's going through hard stuff. It's facing big financial challenges. There, that's where the church started was in Jerusalem. And so it's just a different kind of community. And, and wow, they're in need of some help. Hey, church in Corinth, we think that you can help them out. Um, here's, here's the way that plan works. You know, we know that you want to support the church in Jerusalem. We know you want to be a part of that. Um, Here's how that might look for you. So that's where he says, you know, hey, uh, about that collection, um, why don't you set aside a little bit every week? So then you have that that pool kind of ready to go. Because keeping in mind, folks, this was 2,000 years ago. So when Paul was going to come visit them again, it wasn't like he was going to hop in a plane and, you know, be there by the end of the afternoon. It was a long journey by, by foot and by boat. So Paul's got like one shot to come visit you physically collect your money. You cannot Venmo money to the church in Jerusalem. You have to physically gather the money and bring it back to the church in Jerusalem. So Paul is saying, you want to be a part of that. That's that's important work. Here's, here's a way to make a plan for that so that mm-hmm. when I do come, you'll have it all set aside. You'll have it all ready to go. And then you can be a part of the wider church. Mm-hmm. That's something of value. Yeah. I heard a New Testament professor once, Mark Allen Powell, I think it was, said that for him in his own giving in his life, he 
uh, makes a tithe every year, makes a you know a plan for what he's going to give to the work of the church, whether it's 10% or whatever whatever he decides, and that's done automatically, like most of our offering is done. But then he said it's still important to him to have offerings along the way. So if something comes up, maybe there's you know, a disaster like what we've just seen in Florida with mm -hmm. a hurricane and he wants to give to help with that disaster response, he can give that offering. So a plan isn't limiting your generosity in the future. It's saying this is the basics of what I'm going to give, supporting God's work through the church. But there may be other opportunities that come up to, again, be generous and, and helping out in different ways. Right. Yeah. The plan for your generosity isn't an excuse to not participate in uh, other meaningful causes. We all have a variety of things that we care about. You know, mm -hmm. you, you care about your church, maybe you care about your alma mater, or maybe you care about a particular organization or service or whatever that is. Uh, and you should be able to make those commitments. I think that one of the things that um, this planned financial giving, this kind of stuff that Paul is, you know, technically talking about, one of the ways it's been meaningful for me is is that I have a better sense just of what my financial picture is, just in general. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to sit down and say, well, okay, if 10% is kind of the ballpark of, of what might be a meaningful gift, what 10% of what? Mm -hmm. I don't even know how much I have. Well, then you have to go back and do the work. And that can be really humbling. I mean, I know that for, for a lot of us, that's um, hard and anxiety-filled work. Um, and it's always worth it. I think it's always better to know and make a, a, a meaningful plan for you um, than it is to kind of just guess and to assume scarcity. You know, mm -hmm. I probably don't have enough. Mm -hmm. But what if you do? Mm -hmm. what, what if you do? What if there could be a lot of joy that you could be sharing uh, in the sharing of these gifts that God is giving you? And connecting back to our past worship series oh. about how we are created by God, we are created by God to be generous. That is, I feel is a yeah. basic need that, mm. that we need to be generous and that God puts this, you know, um, want to give of ourselves. And so part of that is identifying how to do that. And, and by living it out in a regular way, you are living out your own gifts and your own needs and whatever that may be. And you're created to be generous for certain things and, whether it's whatever cause is closest to your heart, in, a, in addition, of course, I think, to the church. Yeah. Those are all just a core part of who you are. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. We're created to be generous. I like that. And in relationship with others, and this is one way that we are in relationship with other people, one way that we serve our neighbors you know, in other places far away that we may not be close to uh, geographically, but we can still serve through our giving. Yeah, well, and that's what's going on in this text, right? I mean, that's what's going on in this chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians is it's Paul saying, you're part of a wider church. You know, you're, you are the church in Corinth, yes, and you're part of a wider Christian community. One of the ways you can live that connection out, mm -hmm. that you can really live into that relationship is, is through this this loving financial support. Um, and yet I, th I think one way to think of it is, oh, 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 we take care of them and maybe someday they'll take care of us. Sure, fine, that's perfectly reasonable. Um, I think kind of the, a couple steps up from there is something to the effect of, we care for them because God calls us to care for each other as God cares for us. We're not doing this to get something back from someone else down the road. We're doing this because it is God who has showed us generosity and care, and therefore we will care for each other. Mm -hmm. 
just no matter what, like that's just what we're gonna do. That's just who we were created to be, Pastor Jen, like you said, is is yes. people who care for each other. I'm also challenged a bit by this particular reading because it says on the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside and save whatever extra you earn. Yeah. Mm. And how do we define extra? And right? What does that mean? I think that's the lifelong challenge mm-hmm. of being a generous person is mm-hmm. what does extra mean to you and how do you define that in your life? And I'm challenged by that. Yeah. But what in my life do I see as extra? Yeah. And what is actually pertinent or what do I have to have or need to have in my life and along with that maybe a a question is what is enough for me you know when can I say this is enough rather than you know uh, purchasing things to excess beyond the the amount for myself beyond what is really enough Mm -hmm. and I think that's where there can be so much um, shame around talking about money because there's this sense of well I don't think I have anything extra yet. Oh, maybe I'm not, you know, good enough. Uh, maybe because I don't have enough, I'm not good yeah. enough. There's this sense of shame or this sense that you're not, you know, a meaningful and beloved part of a community if you can't give financially in big ways. The, you know, the, the bigger numbers mean I love God more. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I'll just keep saying that those things aren't true. <laughs> I'll keep saying right. That, right. that whatever gift you can share is always going to be welcome. The amount um, doesn't mean that you love God more or less. So that the invitation is to give what you are able to give, whatever is a meaningful reflection for you of your faith. Yeah, the whatever extra you earn part is tough because like I look at my paycheck and go, whew, I can portion that all out pretty quick. There's not a lot extra. Um, mm-hmm. But the truth is that if I, if I plan carefully, you know, if I, if I am paying careful attention to what I spend and what I use and why, um, I can always make some space for giving more than I, more than I think I used to realize. And maybe the extra, the use of that word means we aren't supposed to suffer for our giving. Mm. That, that Paul wants them to know you can live, you can eat, you can sleep, uh, you can have a home and, 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 and you don't have to be suffering in order to be generous. And, and maybe that's what he's saying. Yeah. My, my memory about the, you know, about the Church of Corinth was that it was pretty economically diverse. Um, and so to be able to make an invitation that anyone can respond to, you know, for, for some people, whatever extra you earn might be man a pittance, mm-hmm. right? But, but don't leave your family hungry. Yes. To, to give money just because Paul's saying you, you can and should. Um, ensure that you are cared for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that generosity and giving is, is done out of joy. Yeah. And it's done out of your wanting to be part of a, a movement or mm. a community and that you are connecting to others around the world and nearby that it's it's joyful it's yeah. it's fun yeah. generosity is supposed to be fun yeah mm-hmm. it's if if any of you for instance have have um had the opportunity to visit our friends in tanzania i think about the way offering is done there we're like there's music playing and people are dancing and you dance your way up and you drop it in the basket and you're celebrating every person who comes forward with the basket um that's kind of it's kind of 
joyful. And it might be money, it might it be might, produce right, or a basket that you made or be, whatever, yeah, exactly. whatever you're able to bring. What yeah. you have mm. is, is what you're invited to give. And it's, and it's kind of fun. And, and mm-hmm. so, I don't know, maybe, we've, maybe we need to change the way we do offering a little bit. Maybe no quiet passing of plates and, you know, deciding not to put any change in because they clink sometimes too much <laughs> if you're putting it in a metal offering plate. Maybe let's, let's make the music a little more ruckus. Uh, well, maybe, well you know. I think it's a reminder. I mean, we're, uh, offering is a part of worship here. Yeah. And it's not just something we do uh, when we worship. It's, it is a part of worship. And maybe it's not as celebratory as in Tanzania. <laughs> Sure, it could be that, but it's always a good reminder that that offering is something we do as an act of worship together, intergenerationally. So yeah. there, my kids in worship are seeing me give, and and yeah. uh, um, and others around them in their community too. It is a public act, right? And it's and it's something that we are all invited to be a part of. It is not mm-hmm. just for some people. It is for all of us, and it is a joyful expression of the gifts that we all receive from God. Mm-hmm. Such an opportunity, such an invitation to, uh, from our God who makes all things new. Um, so just excited to, to talk with you all more about generosity here at Easter in our lives of faith. But for now, friends, that is the time we have for today here at, uh, on the Carry On cast here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Have a great week, everyone. May the road rise up to meet you. Upon your feet.